Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, increased rail competition and lowering costs of hauling farm commodities are the goals of provisions included in a federal bill to extend inter-switching on railways. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan is in favor of these provisions. We'll hear from Ian Boxall, their president. We will also have today the fact that there is a weekly overview of the wheat market, which has been provided by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture, That was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. There's relief for now as a deal to increase the U.S. debt ceiling was struck between U.S. President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. We'll have reaction to that from Renolf Glanville, a chief market analyst with Grain Fox. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Beef and Forage Report. Farm Credit Canada Chief Economist J.P. Gervais says it's an interesting time in the ag markets right now. He points out that a key factor overall is the high interest rates, something he doesn't expect to see change anytime soon. He says if you look at cattle right now, producers have seen a pretty good run in prices. Gervais says in the cattle sector, it's been about the declining size of the herd that's been driving up the prices that we have right now coupled with a surprisingly strong demand domestically. Fed cattle prices are a little bit more stable, and feeder cattle prices are still on a positive run. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. EX94 Ag Review. The governments of Canada and Manitoba are providing up to $65 million in grant funding under the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership to support the development of agricultural knowledge and skills and improve the competitiveness and sustainability of Manitoba's agriculture and agri-food sectors. Manitoba Agriculture's Research and Innovation Program provides project funding opportunities for basic and applied research and or capacity building 
that accelerate sustainable growth in the agriculture and agri-food sectors. Funding will be cost-shared between the applicant and government, depending on the funding stream and project cost. Funding is available to a wide range of stakeholders, including primary producers, agri-processors, industry organizations, academic institutions, and research bodies, industry service providers, and indigenous governments, communities, and groups. Producer deliveries of major grains last month were up nearly 40% when compared to April 2022, according to Statistics Canada. In April 2023, more than 3.44 million metric tons of grain were delivered, versus 2.46 million a year ago. The uptick in deliveries continued to demonstrate the sizable harvest farmers reaped in 2022. Canola deliveries April over April jumped almost 41% at more than 1.22 million metric tons. Those for wheat climbed 30% at over 1.64 million metric tons. In terms of percentage, the sharpest increase came in barley, which at 285,676 metric tons almost doubled from April 2022. The smallest uptick was in rye, rising 5.6 percent at 16,716 metric tons. Retail sales of combines in both Canada and the U.S. showed a marked increase in April this year, while the market for subcompact tractors continues to soften. The count for April 2023 from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers put self-propelled combine sales in Canada at 166, up 50.9% from April of 2022, and at 572 for the year to date, up from 246 in the year earlier period. Sales of two-wheel drive tractors in Canada saw a marked decline in April, particularly in models under 40 horsepower. April sales of two-wheel drive tractors came in at 2,098 for the month, down 27.7% from April of 2022, and at 7,462 year-to-date, down 15.1% from the year earlier. Taken together, the sale of tractors and combines in Canada in April 2023 were below the total for each of 2021 and 2022 and below the five-year average. Saskatchewan's Environment Minister says the province is open to new business after the government took a Yorkton entrepreneur to court. Dana Skoropath says the entrepreneur was fined more than $500 because he wasn't following grain bag recycling rules. Skoropath says the regulations require grain bag sellers to operate under an approved program, but Dallin Legere, who pleaded guilty, says the rules aren't fair and the government should be open to new businesses that help the environment. Six cougars have been captured and killed in the Victoria area this year amid attacks on dozens of farm animals. BC's Conservation Officer Service says it has dedicated significant resources in response to cougar complaints around Metrosan over the last several months, but it isn't able to create predator-free zones for livestock or pets. The owners of the Perry Bay Sheep Farm in Metchosan says they've lost 41 lambs and eight others have been injured because of cougars. The Ministry of Environment and Climate Change Strategy 
says conservation officers are working with Machosan farmers to minimize the number of animals lost to cougars. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. And that's the Ag Review portion of our program. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return right after these messages. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly sunny and 24 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Increased rail competition and lowering costs of hauling farm commodities are the goals of provisions included in a federal bill to extend inter-switching on railways. The president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Ian Boxall, is in favor of these provisions. He explains what Bill C-47 is. So it's a bill that encompasses inter-switching in the railroads. So 99% of the, of the grain elevators in Western Canada are serviced by only one railroad company, CN or CP. What inter-switching would allow would be the opposite railroad of who you're serviced to be able to run up the line to a maximum of 250 kilometers and pick up rail cars if the provider you are normally on cannot do that for you. So it just adds a level of competition that would be beneficial to the elevators, the shippers, and also to farmers. Boxall says some provisions include ensuring the rates are fair for interswitching and making sure it's done in a proper manner. In a letter sent to the federal government, APAS also recommends extending the trial period beyond the current 18 months and ensuring clear and transparent measures are in place for accountability. Boxall says this will benefit farmers. Well, if, if you're hauling to an elevator that's serviced by CP and CP can't provide you cars, the shipper can get a hold of CN, and if CN could get them cars, they would be able to come up CP's line to a maximum of 250 kilometres. And, and pick up the grain. So it, it's just one thing in our supply chain, and we have seen that in 2016 it worked really well, and, and there were savings of around $5 million that rolls back to producers because they were able to ship their grain in a more timely fashion. He hopes the federal government will support the provisions in the bill. And ensure that this gets in place and that this is you know, a long-term play. I think we saw it in 2016 where it was short-term, and I think we'd like to see this maybe as a as a long-term request and ensure that stays in place, just ensure, you know, extra shipping and competitiveness within the supply chain. Ian Boxall is the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for June closed at 168.87 today. That's up 152. August live cattle closed at 167.17, up two full cents. August feeder cattle closed at 237.77, up 385. September feeder cattle closed at 240.67, up 357. June lean hogs closed at 80.82, that's up 475. 
July lean hogs closed at 79.52, also up 4.75. And that's the livestock market conditions. A weekly overview of the wheat market has been provided by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Wheat futures settled the last trading day before Memorial Day with gains across all three classes. CFTC reported managed Monday traders at 6,402 contract net short in Minneapolis wheat. That was a 1,600 contract stronger net short through the week. Matif wheat in Europe also closed higher on big European weekly shipments and additional German-Polish sales to the United States. Russia came through over the weekend with the expected reduction in Russian wheat taxes and this move could lower cash wheat prices. There again were no significant cash wheat rates reported last week. So now here are some of last week's major news by major wheat origin and as per usual we start with Canada. Saskatchewan Agriculture assessed seeding progress for spring wheat at 69% in Saskatchewan versus the average the five-year average of that date at 80%. Alberta Ag showed spring wheat seeding at 93% complete, led by northeastern Alberta with 95% done. And Manitoba spring cereals are basically all planted. However, we note that topsoil moisture ratings in Saskatchewan have continued to drop in several regions. Province-wide, Cropland topsoil moisture was rated 35% short to very short. Alberta surface moisture across the province is rated 16% poor and 32% fair, while Manitoba spring wheat seems to be coming up well. U.S. spring wheat planted came in at 64% last week, still well below the five-year average of 94%. In terms of Canadian wheat exports in week 42, at 144,000 tons for the week, they, they were well below the year-to-date weekly average of 384,000 tons. Year-to-date wheat exports reached 16.1 million tons, which is 6.8 million tons higher than last year's exports. However, the pace does seem to be slowing. In their May balance sheet last week, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada increased weed, seeded wheat acres, excluding Durham, by a big 734,000 acres from the April number to 20.9 million acres. This also increased production to 29.9 million and supply to 33.5 million tons. They were at 32.8 previously. AFC also increased their 23-24 export projection for wheat by 400,000 tons to 20 million tons. Still, projected 23-24 ending stocks moved up by 100,000 tons to now 5 million tons. For Durham, Saskatchewan Agriculture assessed seeding progress at 74% compared to the five-year average of 87%. Soil moisture conditions in Saskatchewan are rated 63% adequate and 35% short to very short. In Alberta, 17 and 12% respectively for South Alberta and Central Alberta show poor surface moisture conditions. 
North Dakota durum wheat was 38% planted, still well behind the 55% average. And in Montana, 50% of durum was planted as of May 22nd, compared to the five-year average of 61%. Durham export for week 42 were at 103,000 tons for year-to-date total of 4.5 million tons, which is over double last year's exports. 51,000 tons last week were shipped from Vancouver and Prince Rupert, and 37,000 tons were shipped from the St. Lawrence. For Durham, agriculture and agri-food increased seeded acres by, 330, by 388,000 acres from the April number to just over 6 million acres. This also raised production and supply. AFC also increased 23-24 exports by 350,000 tons to 4.75 million. The increase in projected exports ensured that 23-24 ending stocks remained at a relatively tight 800,000 tons. We are sold out of old crop Durham, but would now wait before selling additional new crop to see how the conditions adjust. Moving on to the US, on Friday, NOAA issued a warning about the potential for an expanding drought in the Midwest, leading to more buying. Positive economic news and thoughts that the debt ceiling discussions were moving in the right direction also supported outside markets. But in the weekly export sales report, USDA showed old crop net cancellations of 45,000 tons for the week. This was business that can't be executed on time and was rolled into the next crop year. We have a breakdown of shipments as percentage of expected uh, shipments by type of wheat uh, in the report if you're interested in such in detail. On average, about 85% of expectation has been shipped. New crop US wheat sales were 245,000 tons, which is near the low end of pre-report estimates. And there were reports of additional German-Polish wheat sales into the United States. That's because U.S. grains remain expensive compared to other origins. In Australia, farmers continue to concentrate on field work, but the outlook is for increasingly dry conditions, which will have to be watched. Argentina, however, got good rains and recorded a positive anomaly from May of 10 to 30 millimeters in Buenos Aires and Cordoba provinces, which represent about 62% of the wheat crop area. In China, we know that you're due that according to an article in Reuters this Monday morning, heavy rains last week flooded wheat fields in China's central Henan province. This is just days ahead of the harvest. It pushed up prices and raised concerns about the quality of this year's crop in the world's top for the world's top consumer of the grain. The rain is said to be causing some of the wheat to sprout or become affected by blight. We will actually have to watch over the next few days if this is a significant problem or not. In the European Union, Matif closed higher last week following reports of big weekly shipments from the EU, additional German-Polish wheat sales to the United States, and an increasingly dry outlook for the northern EU and in the major crop areas in the north. 
However, Copa Cogeca estimates for 2023 grain production in Europe are at 277 million tons, up 4.6% year on year. The soft wheat outlook is expected to increase by 2.8%. We note that the European Union extended its zero tariff on imports from the Ukraine for one other year. We expect the combined EU and Russian wheat stocks this summer to weigh on early season prices and June-July will be the key month for us to watch. In the Black Sea, ICAR raised the expected 2023 wheat production by 2 million tons to 86 million. The updated export potential from Russia is estimated at 44 million tons. As mentioned, Russian Prime Minister Mikhail Mistushin signed a resolution to change the calculation of the export customs duty rates for grain crops in terms of raising non-taxable uh, price thresholds. For wheat, they went from 15,000 rubles to 17,000 rubles, and for corn and barley, they went from 13,875 rubles to 15,875 rubles. The new export tax calculation begins on June 1st, 2023, and it will result in a drop in the tax from June 7th forward. We do know that the percentage of Russian spring wheat acreage under hot and dry conditions is expanding. So how would we summarize this week? Well, there were no significant cash wheat trades this past week, and we think world buyers are just about covered on old crop and are waiting before buying new crop at what they hope will be stronger local currencies. The change in the Russian export tax keeps the Europeans a little more bearish. And U.S. grains remain expensive compared to other origins. We also expect funds to add to their shorts. However, it being a short week, we would leave the markets alone for now. That's Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg. Please stay tuned. Your Commodities Update is coming up next. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down rather sharply right across the board today. July canola closed at 658.20, down $25.50. November canola closed at 628.10, down $25.80. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 793 per bushel, down 25 cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 783 and 3 quarters, down 35 and a half cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 591 per bushel, down 25 cents. July corn closed at 594 per bushel, down 10 cents. July soybeans closed at 1296 and a half, down 40 and 3 quarters of a cent. July oats closed at 346 per bushel, up 2.5 cents. And that's the commodities update. There's relief for now as a deal to increase the U.S. debt ceiling was struck between U.S. President and Joe Biden uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy over the weekend. Ranulph Glanville, a chief market analyst with Grain Fox, says the deal prevents the United States from defaulting 
meaning they wouldn't be able to pay its bills. The first thing that I think, maybe call me a skeptic, but the U.S. system is designed with what they call checks and balances, and often this means that the headlines don't always tell the full story. And so what we got over the weekend was word that a deal had been reached, um, maybe a $4 trillion increase in the debt ceiling, effectively kicking the can down the road into 2024. The trouble, of course, is this still needs to go through you know, the House and the Senate in the United States. And my understanding is there's still a chance of considerable pushback. Um, neither party really got what they wanted, and certainly many hardline Republicans will be disappointed that spending is only being reduced by 0.2%, and, you know, meaning effectively that the government of the United States continues to spend very freely under this agreement. As for how it will affect the markets... And I think in the very short term, the reaction will be relief, assuming the package continues to wind its way through the U.S. government for approval. The debt ceiling is not directly a huge impact for farm markets, but what it is is it's a potential problem. And so if this tentative deal sticks, then that problem will be averted. We'll go back to trading the uh, drought in Kansas and uh, the Black Sea grain export corridor, the Canadian dollar fluctuating, things like that, the weather, obviously. Um, And this debt ceiling issue will be brushed aside for another two years until they hit the debt ceiling yet again. If the debt ceiling deal gets derailed any time in the next few weeks, then you'll see more spasms of negativity in the stock market, the bond market, and that'll likely spill over into the agricultural markets as well. Glanville says there could be a bit of a rally either way as the American markets reopened just today. I think I'd classify it more as a relief rally. I think very few people thought the U.S. government would actually drive itself off the cliff. Nobody wins in the United States if they had actually defaulted. So for that reason, I think what you'll see is sort of a relief rally. Um, and as, as long as the deal sticks, then you're back to trading other factors, essentially, which is good news for the farm markets. That's what we want, actually. So he says it's all good news for the most part. Exactly. And so, yeah, we'll go back to trading, uh, you know, a hot, dry weather forecast for Western Canada, you know, maybe some early concerns about dryness in the Midwest and other factors. And this, what I might classify as an outside market factor, will be brushed into the background, really where we'd like to see it um, have been in the first place. But Glanville doesn't think it's a done deal just yet. To be honest, I would expect more hard words out of the various political parties. So it is, I think, quite possible that this deal gets revamped. I wouldn't say it gets completely derailed, but um, the U.S. government has a tendency to, you know, work through deals and add little sweeteners to get everybody that needs to be on board on board. So I'd expect more negotiation before this gets passed. Um, In terms of the U.S. actually defaulting, I'm pretty confident that will be avoided because that's really a no-win scenario. Ranulf Glanville is a chief market analyst with Grain Fox. Please stay tuned. Your Farm Bulletin Board is coming up in one minute's time. Farm Bulletin Board. 
The Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities 2023 June Division Meetings will be held from June 5th through 8th. The closest ones for us are Division 1, which will be held Wednesday, June 7th in Kipling. It'll run from 9 until noon at the Town Hall on 6th Avenue. Meanwhile, the other meeting, Division 4, that's close to us, will be on Thursday, June 8th. That'll run from 11 until 3 at the Legion Community Center on 1st Avenue in Kelvington. Newfield Canada is offering its scholarship, its agricultural scholarships. They're now open, and the deadline to apply is June 30th. The Newfield Scholarship is a prestigious rural leadership program available in Canadians to Canadian citizens who are involved in any aspect of agriculture. Its goal is to attract mid-career applicants with a passion for agriculture who are ready to challenge themselves in a program of self-directed international travel and study. The experience results in personal and professional benefits while adding value to Canadian agriculture as scholars assume positions of greater influence in their field. This $20,000 scholarship provides individuals with a unique opportunity to access the world's most extensive networks in food and farming, achieve personal development through travel and study, and deliver long-term benefits to Canadian farmers and growers and to the industry as a whole. Recipients must do a minimum of 10 weeks of travel study within 24 months to examine and research an issue of their choosing relevant to modern production or practices. They then write a report on their research findings and make presentations at Newfield Canada's annual general meeting with peers, sponsors and industry leaders in attendance. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Moosom, and Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Mainly sunny, winds northwest at 10 to 20, and a high of 26 degrees. For tonight, a few clouds, winds east-southeast at 10 to 20, a low of 13. For tomorrow, mainly sunny, winds east-southeast at 10 to 20, a high of 27, an overnight low of 12. For Thursday, partly sunny, winds east-southeast at 10 to 20, a high of 27. For Friday, a 50% chance of scattered showers, a high of 26, and Saturday, a 40% chance of spotty showers, a high of 28. In the Paw and Dauphin, it's 23 degrees, Swan River, Brandon, and Shoal Lake Russell, 25, Roblin, 24. Regina, Saskatoon, and Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington are at 25 degrees. Hudson Bay and Broadview Mooseman, 24, Indian Head, 26. The Yorkton-Melville region now has some very light rain, an east-northeast wind at 8 kilometers an hour, 48% is the relative humidity, the temperature is 24 degrees. 
That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.